Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Dr. Jim. Paul, I discovered some historical records passed at the General Conference of a major North American Christian denomination seeking to pursue holiness, written in 1878. Interesting. How did those church leaders view holiness more than a hundred years ago? A resolution was passed, quote, that sisters both single and married should not be permitted to appear in church meetings or in family worship without the proper head covering, unquote. Things have sure changed in many ways since then. There's more. In 1897, it was resolved unanimously that members should not carry life insurance policies. And another one in 1927 said, The cutting of hair by our sisters is in direct contradiction with the word of God as found in 1 Corinthians 11.6. As I recall, Pablo, your mother followed that view. My mom was born in 1918 and raised during that era. I remember that when she washed her hair, it was so long it went down below her waist. As a pastor's wife, she felt 1 Corinthians 11.6 was a personal decision for her to obey. She was not a legalist. She never criticized those women who cut their hair. She did herself much later in her own life. But you and I should be thankful we were not born in this same denomination in 1900. They passed a resolution in 1900 that, quote, jesting and joking by the brethren, whether verbal or in writing, in conversation or in published periodicals, should be desisted from, unquote. So what exactly do we mean by holiness or being holy? The Bible says God's throne is holy and God's prophets are holy, as well as God's Son, our Messiah. God is holy, as in holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Israel is referred to as the Holy Land, and Jerusalem is called the Holy City. The tabernacle was holy, the temple had a holy of holies, and heaven is referred to as a place of holiness set apart, and we are told by the Apostle Peter to be holy as God is holy. Hebrews 12.10 says, For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It is painful, but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. We want to share in his holiness, or in other words, be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. God, our Heavenly Father, will do anything or permit anything that will help us become holy. He will remove or sacrifice possessions, family, health, friends, freedoms, rights, anything that keeps us from becoming more like him. We cannot play unholy games with a holy Heavenly Father. Hebrews 12 says in verse 1, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And verse 3 adds, Consider him, Christ, so you may not grow weary. We are to keep on accepting our Father's loving discipline so that we might live and we might share in his holiness. Verses 9 and 10. 
Holiness is related not to legalism, but to discipline. God's discipline is a training program for producing the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Verse 11. Holiness takes self-discipline. Any time and every time I find myself thinking, speaking, or acting in an unholy, unbiblical, unchristlike manner, it is usually due to a lack of personal discipline. Quick story. In 1979, I ran a 42-kilometer marathon around the Sea of Galilee in Israel. But seven years earlier, back in 1972, I could hardly walk a mile without getting exhausted. So I started the Royal Canadian Air Force 5BX program day one. One push-up, one sit-up, run on the spot for 10 steps. Slowly, gradually, I began to exercise. I added to my endurance one mile, two mile. I remember the day I ran three miles, then five miles. Then one Saturday with a friend, we jogged 10 miles or 16 kilometers. And much later, as I finished the 26-mile, 42-kilometer marathon, I ran around the Sea of Galilee with endurance. Let's assume you are a Christian. You may be a new Christian, or you may be one with many years of following as Christ's disciple, but you feel you are hardly making any progress in this area of personal holiness. It takes one act of commitment to begin a path of holiness. One sit-up spiritually, so to speak. One small change in your attitude or behavior or speech based on an inward change in your thinking, priorities, and values. I wanted good health enough to make the necessary time and sacrifices physically to obtain it. Holiness is something we must pursue. Holiness requires daily internal discipline to take up our cross and follow Christ. God wants us to be holy, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and God will do whatever it takes to refine us into the image of His Son. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free PDF of our new devotional booklet, Live the Jesus Way, by sending Dr. Jim an email at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Time for a quick story about a gold mine. I learned it takes one ton of rock ore to average one half ounce of gold. The rock is rolled and crunched and washed and ground and soaked in acid until a fine dust is collected at the other end of the process. The dust is collected in a cloth-like filter. The cloth is taken and burned in a furnace. The dust turns to a yellow liquid poured to look like a yellow brick of gold. The 99.7% gold is put through a second refining process that is hotter and cleaner than the mine's operation up north. The end result is 99.9% pure gold. It is humanly impossible to produce 100% pure gold. Impurities of some kind will always be found in any gold, even to a small fraction of a percentage. Similarly, it is humanly impossible to eradicate our sinful nature and become sinlessly perfect, as some people falsely teach. 
we become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We do not become Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only pure, holy, sinlessly perfect man who ever lived on earth. That's why he was able to offer himself as the spotless, sacrificial, Passover Lamb of God to take away our sins. Yet God wants us to pursue after holiness, no matter how hard the process, and to endure no matter how long the race. Some may whine and cry whenever God begins to move with conviction into an area that needs correction. Lord, wait, that's my right. I'm free to do that. I have liberty in Christ. I'm free. And God graciously says, No, the thing you are doing or thinking or saying or claiming as your right is hindering others or hindering me from using you to the maximum degree of personal holiness that I can attain in you. Are things rough in your life at this moment? Count it all joy. Are things difficult and hard to accept? Everything works together for good. Joseph said to his brothers after they abused him, sold him into slavery, and he had endured prison, isolation from his family, and loss of culture and language. You intended it for evil. God intended it for good. Remember, only gold that is 99.7% pure is suitable for the Canadian mint to make it 99.9% pure. Hebrews 11 tells us that God's special program of refinement for the moment seems not joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Jim, take us back to the opening resolutions that we heard about head coverings and hair length and help clarify what is holiness. Holiness relates to three biblical areas, doctrine, ordinances, and practice. Doctrine covers the essentials for salvation. They are fixed, unalterable, universal, transcultural, and applicable to all people as given by our Holy Heavenly Father. Holiness requires a personal acceptance of the Bible as the inerrant Word of God. The Holy Spirit is given to us at salvation to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. There are some non-essentials for salvation where we can express gracious dialogue with those who disagree. Ordinances evidence our obedience to commandments that represent spiritual grace or blessings like baptism and the Lord's Supper, sometimes called communion. Paul Little, in his book, writes, Though participation in neither of these ordinances is necessary for salvation, every true believer should want to show his devotion to Christ by following him in baptism and by remembering him in the Lord's Supper. There is no such thing as a lone wolf Christianity. If we are obedient to our Lord, we will identify with and join with other believers for worship and service. The third area for holiness is our practices. They fall into two categories. First, specific exhortations from Scripture for holiness based on texts like the Sermon on the Mount. And second, agreements for an individual family or church to assist individuals in their pursuit of holiness in areas for which there is no direct biblical command. Unlike doctrine, this often involves issues that tend to change over time, like our opening resolutions. 
Matthew clearly taught we must avoid teaching for doctrines the traditions of the elders. Holiness is an attitude of the heart more than any adherence to cultural rules. May God give us wisdom to discern the difference. Let's visualize that we have just climbed a mountain of information leading to a peak or a pivotal idea. And here it is. Holiness is an attitude of the heart. There you have it, men. Scripture says to pursue peace with all men and pursue holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Remember to order your free PDF copy of our new offer, Live the Jesus Way, Following and Living the Teaching of Our Master. Request it at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.